Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Decided that I would sell this uh, to some heathen who would take the naked lady away from me. Uh, and through much deliberating on Gumtree, I found a lady who was willing uh, to take it off my hands for an, an, an agreed price. Uh, and I, I told her, I was like, you probably need to bring a trailer because this thing is definitely as well over 200 kilos. Like it's, a, it's just a solid concrete naked lady. Uh, and, and, and so I said, like, bring, bring a trailer, bring like a bunch of men or a crane to lift the thing. Uh, and, and so she rang me, she's like, I'm on the way, and I was like, oh, cool, have you got a trailer? She's like, no, I've got my son with me, and I was just hoping to fit it in the back of my Kluger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a nightmare. And I had some friends over, we were playing some board games, and, and we got there and was like, there's no way this thing's going to fit, and if it is, the car's going to be balancing on the back two wheels the whole way home. Uh, and, and so we, we try, like, all, all, I think I had about f- like five friends over, and all of us were, like, trying to lift it, and we could barely get the thing off the ground, and even if we could get it into the car, it was there's no way it's going to fit without breaking up the naked lady first. But, but she, she just didn't know, like, I, like, I don't mean to brag, my friends were lovely. Uh, they, they were like, oh, like, one of them had a ute, like, oh, we could put it in the back of the ute, and maybe we could take it to your house for you. Uh, and they're like, just like, throw away the night, it's fine, no worries. Like, oh, like, maybe we could do this. Mate. They, were, they were just being amazing. They were, they were really, really nice. Uh, and, and eventually, this lady, she just, she's just overwhelmed and not really sure what to do, and I think a little bit embarrassed, and she says, you know what? thanks so much for your time, you've been really nice, here's the money for the water fountain, I'm just going to leave it here, uh, <laughs> and drives home. And I was like, what? Oh my goodness. Uh, but she just, but, but this was, I, I, my friends were very kind that day, and I don't think she really knew what to do with it. And today we're going ta- to be tackling the topic of kindness, and kindness is a weird thing, because Quite often, people don't know what to do with it, and people don't know how to do it. Uh, but when we actually think about kindness in that church setting or in, in life, it's kind of one of those underrated traits. So, like, it's kind of like second tier. So, there's things like love and joy, which are really important, and we spend a lot of time focusing on. And kindness, it's kind of like, yeah, it's in there. Uh, you know, we're all pretty good at it anyway, so there's no point breaking it down too much. And, and so it kind of is just one of those things that kind of just slips through the cracks. You might, you might leave it off and put it on the end of a sermon series or, or what have you, but kindness is a strange thing. It's hard to define, like what, like what actually is it? And, and so one of the things that I think is actually really interesting is that most kindness isn't actually true kindness. And so in the news recently, uh, what happened was there was a, 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 a TikToker, uh, so like a social media guy, and he was going around doing videos of him being extremely generous towards random strangers. And, and so he would give them money or pay for their groceries, he'd help a homeless person. And, and there was one video where he gave a, a lady a, a bunch of flowers. And this lady actually took to the media and made some scathing comments about this man because she felt dehumanised and that she was just an object so that he could make fame and glory. And the thing was, it looked really kind and it was, on our side, it was a kind act, but really it was just a vehicle to get somewhere. 
So the, the, the only reason that the person was actually kind was because it got him something. And, and if we were to think about kindness as this unselfish act, it was actually incredibly selfish. Sure, she got some flowers, but it wasn't actually that great. It was, it was empty, it wasn't helpful, it, you know, like it was just a, it was something that wasn't actually kind. And if we think about a lot of kindness, there's a lot of times where we do something that's kind on the outside, but it's actually for selfish reasons. So, so maybe, you, maybe we'll be kind because, because we will get what we want. So maybe it will be fame. Maybe if we're kind, then people will think we're a good person. Maybe if I'm kind, you know, someone might, you know, they might pay me more in my job or I might get a discount at the shops or on Gumtree when I'm buying a naked lady water fountain. But there's different things that we do that we think will get us things and so the kindness isn't true kindness. And, And even when it comes to religion, sometimes kindness is something that gets us into a special place when we die. And so really, it's actually, it's an empty thing. It's us being selfish to get something. And and so there's this glass-shattering moment where the kindness isn't actually real selfless kindness. It's actually, we're actually more broken than we think we are because even these good things that we think we're doing and, and we think are actually making us a good person are actually things that are selfish. And so as we address this idea of be kind to one another, we want to ask the question, how, how is the Bible different? How can the Bible suggest a, a kindness that could be different? And our passage today is in Ephesians, uh, so chapter 4, starting in verse 29, and this is what it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen." And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and comfort one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." And so, as we ask the question of why it's different, it, it does look like it's just saying another rule. So, like, you should be kind to one another. You shouldn't slander other people. Uh, but Ephesians was actually a letter that was meant to be read as a whole, and it can be broken up into two parts. And so, the first three chapters of Ephesians uh, talk a lot about who we are in Christ. And so, every time you read Ephesians, think of when you read the first three chapters, it's talking about who you are. It's talking about what Jesus has done for you. It's talking about the story of Jesus sending His Son to die on the cross and how that radically changes your life. And then in the the, the last three chapters, it switches gears and says, all right, now I'm going to give you some practical responses to that. Because, Because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus has done, because of who you are in Christ, now your life looks different. And so this is what it is. So, so this passage isn't saying in order to get into heaven or in order, like, we, like because you're a Christian, you need to be a perfect person. It's actually saying because of who you are, because of the gospel, you respond differently. And one of those things that we respond differently is kindness. And so when we, when we understand the gospel 
things change. Because when we understand the gospel, we realize that we are actually really broken people. We understand that, that we're actually we're sinners. We understand that we've rejected God. We, we, we understand that we, we actually deserve punishment for what we've done. And that's a, that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. And we, we understand that, that despite all of that, we believe that there's a God who loved us so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross for us. That despite how much we rebelled against Him and decided to, to go against Him, He still chose to love us. He, he still chose to, to save us. And, and he, he, he chose to be incredibly kind in a situation that we did not deserve. And, and so out of that, we respond. Because if someone's being kind to you, like you want to be kind back. And, and, and when you realize the, the, the depth of that story and how kind that was, there's only one response. And as we understand that more and more, because I know as I get older, I realize that I'm actually more and more broken. I do more and more things because I'm actually selfish. I do more, like all the things, you know, all the times I thought I was a good person, actually, I was, I was actually probably pretty bad. I, I just can hide it better and, and know how to look like a better person on the outside, but I'm actually still just as bad as I was when I was three. I just learned how to hide it. Where, and we understand that we are more broken. We understand like how much more significant that death on the cross was and we understand how kind it was because of how bad we were. And so there's a response of kindness. And so it's not a vehicle to get something. It's not a, it's not a thing of being more perfect so that we can get something. It's actually a response to who we are in Christ. Kindness is a response and there's a couple of difficult things in that because it, there's a few few temptations uh, if we because if we break it down into these two components of, of of knowing our sin and knowing what Jesus has done, sometimes we like it's not easy to sleep at night knowing that you're a terrible sinner, right? Like no one really wants to think about that, and and, and that like it's not a fun fact. But when we when we minimise our sin, we actually minimise the story of what Jesus has done. Because if you were pretty good and Jesus just needed to die for a little bit of you, it minimizes what Jesus did. If you didn't need that much grace because you're generally a pretty good person, then the gospel is minimized. And, and so then your response is minimized. And, and so throughout life, we want to continue to look at those first three chapters of Ephesians and say, hey, this is who you are. This is what we deserve. And this is the length of, of love and kindness that Jesus has shown. We don't minimize it. And, and because of that, we're able to respond in more and more kindness each day. And, and so, as we, as we kind of wrestle with that and figure that out, there, there's, there's a, the issue of how do we actually, like what does a, a gospel kindness look like? And, and so there's a guy called Barry Corey, he, he's a big kindness guy, uh, and he, he talks about uh, insides and outsides. 
And so we can have, so there's three different circles here. And so we can have, we can be hard or soft on the inside and the outside. Uh, and so the inside is kind of like our convictions. It's how we, like our attitudes towards things and, and, you know, like our morals and all those different things. There's all these different things. And we can be hard and soft on the inside. And then on the outside, we can have actions, we can be generous and, or we can be really, really mean. You know, like it's all about kind of outside things and the way that we interact with people. And so if we look at the first circle, there's this idea of like, you know, really strong convictions, like a really, really hard inside, but then also really hard outside. And and this is not a, a gospel kindness. And some people say like, oh, I'm just trying to love them, you know, and be really, really firm with them and be really straight with them because that's the only way they're going to learn to understand. But that's not the kind of gospel kindness that Jesus has. Jesus didn't have a hard outside. He had a soft outside. He, you know, so throughout the thing, he, he was spending time with sinners. He was loving them and caring for them. He was gentle with them. You know, Jesus, Jesus spent time with people who didn't deserve it and he, and he wanted to show them who He was. He wanted to show them His love. He was generous with them. He was merciful with them. And then if you look at the Old Testament in the way that God treated the Israelites, there were time and time again where, where God was merciful and gracious towards Israelites. On the outside, there's this softness of attitude and generosity and grace that, that God had for His people. And sometimes when we take that, we, we go a little bit too far. And, and so when we, we, we are, all right, we're going to have a soft outside, but we're also going to have a soft inside. And so like we, we have this generous attitude and we're really caring for people and we're, we're working really hard to, to be like Jesus on that outside, but we also have a soft inside. And so sometimes our convictions become soft as well. And so like, oh, I can change that if I can. It means that I can welcome you in more and, and I'm going to change my ideas about this so that way I can bring more people in and it's, and it's okay that you're doing this and that. And that's because we, we really just want to focus on and, and our insides become soft as well. But that's not a gospel kindness either. And, and so what? what Barry Corey would look at, we look at how, how Jesus actually had a hard insight. His convictions were strong. God's convictions were strong. And so sometimes that meant that, that despite, you know, Israel were doing the wrong things, but there were still consequences. God didn't change His rules to try and fit them in. It's like, oh, okay, if you're going to keep rebelling, we'll change the rules and make it eat, you know. No, like God, God was like, no, if you're going to rebel against me, there are going to be consequences, and the rules don't change. Sure, I'm going to show mercy and I'm going to be gracious, but the rules are still the same and there are consequences to those rules. And, and these are, this is my attitude towards sin. And, and if we look at Jesus, Jesus had to die. His attitude towards sin was, was the same. Like, his, sin was bad and because sin was bad, Jesus had to die. And so we can't have a soft inside, but instead we need a hard inside and soft outside. That is, that is what we're called to be. We're called to have strong convictions. We, we hold firm to the truth. We hold firm to, to what God calls us to be. But on the outside, we have, we have generosity. We have mercy. If we, if we look at the passage in, in Ephesians, quite often it, you know, it's, it's not a... 
it's not a kindness that's just like when everything's really good. You know, when he's talking about, you know, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth and, and don't, um, don't have bitterness and anger like this is, and malice. Like this is, not, this is not a story of being kind when everyone else around you is lovely. Because we're, it's not, like when everyone's lovely, we don't have this temptation to have anger and bitterness and rage towards other people. It's just not how it works. We have rage and bitterness and malice when people hurt us. That's, that's when, and, and that's when it's really hard to have that gospel kindness, to have firm convictions on the inside to say, hey, like, I know this is wrong. This, like, and, and, and nothing can change that that is wrong. But then still being gracious and merciful and having concern and, and love for those around us. That is the kind of gospel kindness that we are called to have. We're we're gonna we're gonna go into um, communion now, and we're gonna be looking at First Corinthians eleven. And you probably heard uh, this this passage many many times. And, and this is one that it comes up for communion when we when we do it. And this is what it says: For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And and this is intrinsically linked with what we're talking about. Because if you look at the rest of this, this passage, it's talking about, it's actually, it's not telling us how to do, it's not just talking about how to do communion, but it's actually trying to fix a major problem that was happening in Corinth. And so if you look at the, what was happening before, he's talking about how people at communion are getting drunk, he's talking about how people are getting, going hungry at communion, he, and he's talking about how people don't really respect what communion is. If you look at the passage, like the two verses after, he said, so then whoever eats or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And so, when we, when we have communion together, we are celebrating what Jesus did. We, we, we celebrate that Jesus had an incredible concern for, for us who were helpless. Jesus had an incredible concern for us who were helpless. We celebrate that Jesus had extended to a, a group of people who don't deserve it grace and mercy. That's what we celebrate. That's, we're remembering that Jesus died on the cross for us even though we don't deserve it, that He showed us grace and mercy. We celebrate that Jesus had an incredible desire for reconciliation. That Jesus wanted to bring us back despite the fact that, he had, that we had hurt him and, and rejected him. And so what Paul's saying in this passage is, is don't celebrate this. 
if you're not willing to do the same. He's saying it's an insult. So if don't don't celebrate the fact that Jesus was died for you when you were helpless. If you're not willing to actually be kind and care for those who are helpless. Don't celebrate the fact that, that Jesus was gracious, gracious and merciful if you're not willing to also be gracious and merciful. Don't, don't celebrate the reconciliation of, of, of you to him despite the fact that we rebelled uh, and, and, and feast in that, but at the same time can't reconcile. Because when we do that, when we say like, hey, I'm really glad that, that, you, that you were concerned about me as a helpless person and reconciled with me and was gracious towards me and, and all the rest. But then, like, if we, if we can't do the same, then that, like, I was like, oh, it seems kind of redundant. Like, it's, it's actually an insult to what we're celebrating. It's an insult to, to communion. It's an insult to Jesus when, when we celebrate what Jesus has done for us yet are unwilling to do the same. And, and so, so 1 Corinthians 11 was actually saying like, hey, like you need to check yourself before you come and do communion because you are celebrating something that has been done for you. And, and, and when you understand that, when you truly understand that, then there is a response that you have. It changes the way that you think and it, and it causes you to be kind. It causes you to be gracious. It causes you to have concern for others in the same way that Jesus had concern for you. So we're going to have some time. I'm going to give you a little bit of time with communion. Uh, I want you to think about that. Who, like, how do I need to have a concern and care for those who are helpless? As, as I remember that, that Jesus saved me when I was helpless. How can I show grace and mercy to those around me while I remember the fact that Jesus showed grace and mercy towards me? How, how can I reconcile people who, who don't deserve it when I remember the fact that Jesus reconciled me. In your own time, feel free to to eat the bread uh, as you reflect and then we'll drink together.